0: Good morning. Please take your seats and I encourage you um, just in the next hours of uh, missions conference and just the last service tonight uh, to keep uh, listening. As Dr. Getch mentioned yesterday, the Lord uh, uses every layer, every message uh, to speak to, to us. Um, I remember in Australia, growing up in, in church there in Sydney, um, there was a message specifically. God spoke to me about serving Him, about giving my life in service to Him. I remember surrendering at 16, <clears throat> coming to West Coast at 17, and then um, um, my freshman year uh, hearing uh, Dr. Getch, uh sorry, Dr. Sisk preach, Who Wants a Heathen? And I surrendered to missions. That was another layer. Then my junior year was given the opportunity to go to El Salvador to, uh, to serve there for uh, eight to nine months, and God gave me another layer, and it was uh, Spanish-speaking world. My senior year, um, I, I, I was here, and God gave my wife and I, my, my senior year as married student, my wife and I, the opportunity to go visit Nicaragua. God put another layer. It's just continually listening to listen our Lord and having, having that open heart. Lord, what do you want of me? Amen. And this missions conference is that opportunity. God wants, wants to speak to you. And he might not tell you to, not today where, but he'll add that layer. If you're just open, listening, um, God's used this place uh, this church, in a special way, in my, in my life, I've made many decisions that have changed the direction of my life and just my character and who I am at this altar. Don't let those opportunities go by. God is forming us, God is shaping us. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Bring a message to you um, this morning that God put in my heart probably a month, um, about three months ago, but it was to our church family in Leon. In Nicaragua, there is an incredible need for the gospel, just as the other places that have been mentioned this week at our missions conference. I want to say one of the major differences is that not only is there a need in Nicaragua, but there is a hunger for the gospel in Nicaragua. It's incredible receptivity. But even so, even though there is a hunger and there is a thirst for the gospel and for knowing the Lord, the subject that we're going to see this morning about a passion for God is something that even in a place we can have much, much... um, much hunger, much thirst, you can lose, or you can be apathetic. You can just let, let up. Well, everything around you is happening, just be normal. July of this, in July of this year, we had our first vacation Bible school. Um always envisioned to have it and never got around to doing it, and never trained the people, our church family, to do it, and we did it this year. And just by word of mouth, without, uh, without a sign, without social media, without anything, uh, the Lord brought 380 children to our first vacation Bible school. And we saw 82 children except Christ in those four days. Then follow-up, we saw another 22. And we started a new bus route because of that vacation Bible school. And although, although all this was happening, I saw people in our church family that were just... Eh, Another week, some more souls. And they, they didn't see what God was doing around them. It was just a lack of passion. Second Chronicles chapter 34. The Bible says in verse the first seven verses, I want to read this morning, and if you'd be to your feet, please. 2 Chronicles 34. The Bible says Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father, and in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places. And the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the, the altars of Balaam in his presence. And the images that were on high above, he, he cut down. And the groves and the carved images and the molten images, he break in pieces and made dust of them. And strode upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he. In the, cities, in the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Nephtali with their maddox roundabouts, when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten down the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Let's pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be here in chapel this morning. And thank you, Lord, for this student body, for Pastor Chapel, for this church, for all those that serve um, in, in the college well, I thank you that um, that there is a, a, a just a desire a fervor in this place in this church Lord for, for the gospel for your word to be known and heard around the world Lord all, although there can be that corporate um, desire help us as individuals have a passion for you Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the gospel. Thank you for how it's changed our lives. Lord, I pray that you use your word in our hearts, and Lord, that the response to your word would be pleasing to you, glorifying to you. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. We're all here this morning because of God's passion and because of a man's passion. Because of God's passion and love for humanity and sending his Son to die for us, we have the opportunity to be saved through Jesus Christ. But also we are here because of a man's passion. Because someone, knowing the the truth of salvation and how we can be saved, showed us His Word. So we are all here this morning because of God's love and desire for man to be saved, but we're also here because of a man's passion, someone who showed us the way to salvation. Can I ask you this morning, what is your passion? Most people have a passion for something, and there are many things on this earth which a man can have a passion for. There are people who have a passion for their family or for money or for sports or for a career, for personal dreams and goals, and some are just enamored with themselves. Passion is a very intense Feeling, desire that dominates the will and reason. Fervor, zeal, ardor. I pastor, as I said, a a reasonably young church and by God's grace allowed um, the Lord allowed to start and to cultivate, to nurture many young young believers. Something I've noticed that has been the determining factor in growth in our church family longevity fruitfulness joy is that when a believer has passion for god i notice that some might come to church at the same time hear the same messages sing the same songs be in the same conferences go to the same missions trips maybe but some are doing it joyfully and some are growing and some, and some are just having fruit, and others aren't. What I see as a determining factor there is their passion for God. And I want to uh, clarify this. It's not not so much a passion for ministry, it's a passion for God and who He is. Many Many people and I've, I've, I've seen this in just the two months back that. We've been back in the U.S. and on, on our furlough, and been to different cities um, and, and, and places of just small places, uh, small towns, and seen different pastors and their ministries. And I've seen, I've seen this, and I've, and it's been encouraging. Different pastors in in a, in a town maybe of two thousand people that are just at it. And they're not at it because maybe of the much fruit that they have. Or their large congregation. Or because, you know, they're supporting dozens and hundreds of ministries. They're there because they love God. And that's just been an encouragement. You know, if we serve the Lord because, because you know, maybe, maybe one day we, we have, you know, some renown. Or because of maybe the much fruit, and we all desire fruit. And because maybe we we want to have that that great congregation, if we do it for that reason, many of us will sour. Many of us will burn out. Many of us will discourage and move out of ministry. Because it's not a passion necessarily for ministry, but it's for God. And having a passion for God, walking with Him, Being in God's Word and praying gives you then, as a result, a passion for ministry. A passion for God determines our growth, our spirit, our fruitfulness before the Lord. Before, well, this morning, I would like to see through the life of Josiah what it looks like to have a passion for God we'll see six enduring characteristics that shaped and led Josiah's passion for God. Six enduring characteristics that shaped and led Josiah's passion for God. Firstly, I want to see here in the first seven verses we just read that Josiah had a soul passion. It was a singular passion. Josiah began to reign at eight years old and At 16 years old, in the eighth year of his reign, he begins to seek after the God of his father David. He didn't seek for a large kingdom. He didn't seek for prosperity in his kingdom. He sought after God. He made sure that because he was seeking after God, and having been the nation of Israel under, uh, under captivity and taken the idols and false gods of other nations, Josiah's, Josiah's searching for God and desire to please the Lord and, 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 and his closeness to God led him to, to think, well, without love and focus for God, I cannot share my affection, my heart, my focus with anything else. Let's destroy the altars. Let's break down the, 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 the idols. Let's, let's get rid of the groves. Let's make them dust. Josiah's passion was solely for God. He desired to share it with no one else. Can I ask you, do you have a God-centered passion? So much so that you don't let anyone else or you don't let anyone else or someone else invade the priorities, um, goals, and decisions that God has already laid on your hearts. We see that Josiah had a passion. It was solely for God. We live in a time in Christianity where God, it seems, and sadly I say, that God seems to compete for our hearts, right. compete for our focus, compete for our passion. How is it? That our God, our Creator, Sustainer, who is everything, all in all, needs to compete for our hearts. Even if we live that way or not, God is all in all. And we should live that way. When the heart of a Christian is solely after God, he does not need to be led, commanded, or pushed towards serving Him. He does it out of a love and a passion For him. Josiah sought after God. This is the key. This cleansing that he did of the nation of Israel, that was here in verse 4, and they break down the altars of Balaam and in his presence and the images that were high above them, he cut down and the groves and the molten images, he break in pieces and made dust of them. He did this because he had a passion for God and God only. I live in a country, country Nicaragua is very idolatrous. Catholicism is the main religion and Mary and the Catholic saints are their idols of choice. There are many Christians over there that point their finger over at the Catholic church or at the Catholics and say, well, they're idolatrous people. They, they bow down before a statue. They worship a, 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 their so-called saints and, and the Virgin Mary and they worship them, but Reality, when a Christian has something over God, he is just as idolatrous. When a Christian's loyalty and and eyes and heart are divided between God and this world, he is just as idolatrous. Can I ask you, is your passion for God a soul passion? One that is not divided between the goals and the focuses of this world, but one that is set upon God and His desires and His purpose for your life. You see, Israel knew who God was, that God was a true and living God, and even so they were just as happy to share their affection with all the false gods. Josiah, Josiah's passion for God was not willing to share his affection, his love and devotion with anything else. Many Christians today have a passion for this world. Christians today have their minds, hearts, and strength divided between the things of God and the things of this world. And therefore, Christianity, the Christianity that many people today reflect is a a faith that is dead. Hesitant and not really portraying our Lord. Therefore, the very people that we want to convince that God is a God that they should know, their creator, their sustainer, they're not coming to Christ because they see our double-mindedness. They see that our mouths speak of Christ, but our uh, our lives are lived for this world. It should not be that God has to fight for the greatest part in our, in our lives. He should have all our hearts, our passion. Christian, is the reason maybe that you drag your feet to go soul winning? Or that a, maybe a service or a chapel or a time that is, is God's word is preached seems to you a little bit just dull. Or, you know, it's time to sing, or someone is saved, or or someone is baptized, and all these things are just normal to you. Could it be it's just you're lacking a passion for God this morning? Oh, it worries me when I look over our church family and you know, I, I see some families and I, I, see, I see them and, 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 and I see that, um, and that there's some that just, you know, we see victory in Jesus or at the cross or at the old rugged cross and some are just engaged and involved. And I, I, I can see that these truths really matter. But when that guy over there is just, that doesn't matter. We're singing about Christ and His blood and eternity, and we sing of heaven, and we think, we're singing of, of, of the surety of salvation, and it's just blah. How is your passion? Is your passion on the Lord? The enduring characteristic of passion for God, one of the enduring characteristics is that you have a soul passion. And I wish you to see also here in verse, verse number 8. The Bible says, Now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, just notice that. On the 8th year of his reign, and then on the 18th year of his reign. On the 8th year of his reign, he, Josiah seeks after God and starts cleaning house. In the 18th year of his reign, he changes his direction, but could just acknowledge just this. For 10 years, the priority of his reign was let's clean house. Amen. Let's not have one idol. Let's break down all the altars. Amen. Maybe this morning the reason that, that God has yet to call you to a mission field is because your loyalty is still divided. Because you still love the things of this world. The material things are still attractive to you. You haven't cleaned house. And for that reason, God has not told you where to go or how to serve Him. Because your loyalty is still divided. Can I encourage you this morning, student, clean house. Recognize that only our God is worthy of your loyalty, your love, and your devotion. Only He, He's worthy of your life. Amen. He is the owner of our lives. He is our creator and then He is our Savior. I want to notice here in verse... Let's, let's follow on here in verse 8. Then while I was reading, he sa- says, He sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Azaliah, Mez- the governor of the city and Joah. The son of Joah has the recorder to repair the house of his Lord. When they had come to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered of the hands of the Manasseh and Ephraim and all, all the remnant of Israel and of Judah and, and, and Benjamin, and they returned, to the, they returned to Jerusalem. And they put it in the hands of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. You know what's happened? He went from cleaning house To now let's let's invest and push forward to the building and repairing of God's house. If you notice here, he, he asked for all the money, everything that had been given towards the building of God's house, we're going to invest it all. Josiah's passion was a costly passion. A passion has a cost. We see that Josiah leads the people of God in the construction of the temple without limiting the cost, calls the best workers, drew all the funds, was willing to pay the price to move forward in his passion for God. Josiah's passion involved everything he had. And one of the ways that is evident that you have a passion for Christ is that you are willing to pay the cost, the cost to follow him and to promote his cause the time and the strength to win souls, the time and dedication to faithfully meet your church, the giving and generosity, finance the work of the Lord, the sweating and the desire to serve Him. William Carey, Admiral Judson, Hudson Taylor, David Livingston, Jim Elliott, all men that that we've read about, men that we've heard about, their testimonies, their, their quotes, men that didn't have the same upbringing, the same social status, even the same moral support. But what they had in common was a passion for God and a passion that was willing to pay the price. Are you willing to pay the price of serving our Lord? Our Lord told us that all of us would need to take up our cross and follow Him. and That cross will be different for every single one of us. Will we tell the Lord, Lord, I'm willing to give it? Willing to take up my cross? I'm willing to pay the price? Josiah's passion involved a cost. And your passion for the Lord will also involve one. Are you willing to pay that cost? People around the world with their different passions, the different passions they have, willing to pay the price for their passion. People, you know, of the Muslim faith pay thousands of dollars to go to Mecca in their passion to please their God. People this Thanksgiving in their passion for material things, some of them will sleep outside all night in front of a store to get that bargain because of their passion for material things. People who spend thousands of dollars maybe to watch a sports event because of their passion. People who Sleep deprive themselves, or even lose their families in business because of their passion. What I mean by these examples is that when someone has a passion, they pay a price to live in and to push forward that passion. I asked you this morning as an example: we see here in Josiah, someone willing to give or pay the price in his passion. What is your passion? And are you willing to pay the price to follow our Lord? We see Josiah had a soul passion, a costly passion. But I also want to see here in verse 12 that Josiah had a shared passion. The Bible says here, And the men did the work faithfully, verse 12. The men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were Jehath and Obadiah, the Levites of the sons of Merari, and, Ze- and, and Zechariah and Meshulam of the sons of the Kohath to set it forward you notice this one phrase here at the beginning of verse 12, and the men did the work faithfully. The Bible says that Josiah had some men around him who were just faithful to God's work. You know, when you have a passion for something, it's interesting that people who have a Passion, maybe for sports or for business, or maybe they're you know a, a passionate about children. They find people who are passionate about those things. They find you know they find that person that supports their sports team. They 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 celebrate the victories. That person who you know that that person who has a passion for business knows who they can talk about about that deal and celebrate it. They have a shared passion. Josiah had people around him which shared his passion. Someone, Josiah had people who were faithful to the work of the Lord and as people with a passion for God, we must equally be surrounded by people who have the same passion. So we can encourage each other, give an account as well as celebrate victories together. Can I maybe just encourage you in this, this morning, student? when I came to to study here at West Coast um, as as an Australian, um, it's not the independent Baptist culture in Australia, and I think it's been less and less the culture here in the U.S., but it, it wasn't at all in Australia that when someone graduates high school, just the normal thing to do is go to Bible college. It wasn't cultural over there. Um, but I noticed it was cultural here. Some people came to West Coast Baptist College because Pastor said or Mama said. And sometimes the attitude and the spirit of some around me, I remember that time, were not that great. There was a spirit and an attitude of just rebellion and it's, you know, trying to avoid or trying to skip out of chapel or disinterested in classes and. Conference came along and they, see, they, they would look for how least to be involved. And you know, it's interesting that those who had a bad attitude found others who had the same attitude. Amen. Yeah. But there are also people who, around you, that sincerely love the Lord. And really want to be used of God in their lives. And they love They love the church and they love pastor and they love the the ministry because they have a passion for God. Can can I encourage you in this? Seek to be around those who share a passion for God. One of the most um, impactful and fond memories I have of West Coast Baptist College was for two years, um, freshman and sophomore year, I would meet with three other students at five o'clock in the morning in the post office to pray. We would get out, we'd have permission from our dorm soup, and we'd go to the post office and all four of us sharing our prayer requests, we'd go before the Lord and pray. I tell you that the other three men that we, I prayed with, they're in ministry today. One's a church planter in Arizona, the other one a church planter in Washington, the other one a church planter in Canada. I'm grateful that I could share that passion with others. Amen. I get a, I come back to missions conference, and we don't see us, I see each other very often. But I—I I have this affinity, and it's strange. I have this affinity that even though I didn't go to school with them at the same time, there are people like Brother Tate and, and Brother Montano and Brother Friedenstein that have affinity with them. Why? Because we share the same passion. We want to see the Spanish-speaking world know Christ. We share this passion. Eh? Find others around you that share this passion. Have those friendships. Josiah made it sure that he had faithful men around him. Having shared passion? You can also see this. Verse 15. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I found the book of the Lord in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the, the book to Shaphan, and Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hands of the overseers and to the hands of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest have given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. Notice here from verse 15 to 18, Shaphan was given the charge to overlook the building, overlook the finances, overlook the work. He comes back to the king, tells Josiah, well, the money's been given over, the work is being done. But then it goes on to something that he knows the king is way more interested in. He goes to tell him, you know, Josiah, king, I have a book. I have the law of the Lord. And he begins to read it before King Josiah. Can I tell you this? Shaphan knew what Josiah's passion was. Josiah had a known passion. Do others know that you have a passion for God? Shaphan knew it. Chief and you, yeah, my king wants to know about how the finances are going. My king wants to know if the, the, the building's being done. But more than that, my king is interested in God and His Word. Amen. He knew his king's passion. Do those co-workers of yours, if you're working, go, you're going to maybe go to work after, after lunch, do those co-workers of no, yours know that you love God? Do they know that you're seeking to serve the Lord with your life? Do they know of the eternal hope that lies within you? Do they know? Josiah's passion was a known passion. Our passion as believers should be also known. That we know the the only true living God. Others should know. Several months ago, I was... I was um, getting ready for service on Sunday morning. We had a really busy, busy Saturday. My son knocks on the door and asks to come in of my bedroom on uh, Sunday morning and told him to come in and came all excited. He was just excited. I said, What's going on, Ricardito? And he said, Dad, yesterday. I was with Ramon. He's one of his friends at church. I was with Ramon. And we knocked the door of, of two teenagers. And I was able to lead these two teenagers to Christ. My 10-year-old ten, my son. I was grateful. I was joyful. I was celebrating with him. But I was, th- I was thinking of this as he left. I'm so grateful that he thought in his heart, my dad will be excited about this. My dad will say amen about this. It was the, the very same thing he did yesterday. We are sitting at dinner there, Dr. R sitting across the table, and Ricardo tells me, can I tell him, can I tell him? And he went to tell Dr. R, Dr. R, my life, in the past few months, God has allowed me to leave five souls to Christ. Why? Because he knows also that Dr. R loves souls. Can I, t- can I ask you, is your passion for God a known passion? Do others know that you love the Lord? It should be known. Can I also see this? Verse 19, the Bible says, and it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. See a physical demonstration that he's responding to what's being read. And then I'd like you to skip on to verse 30. And this is how he responds and this is what he does in response to what they've heard. The Bible says, And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the Levites, and all the people, great and small. And he read in the ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was in that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in, the, in his place and made a covenant before the Lord and to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. Can you see here that Josiah not only heard God's word, but it moved him to action. Can't just, he couldn't just listen and, well, God is displeased and we are doing wrong and, well. No, he said, we're going to go back to God's word and we're going to make a covenant with him and we're going to commit to live, to live for him and to, to serve him and to please him. Josiah's passion for God was an activating passion. Okay, I tell you this morning that you can say you have a passion for the Lord and that you want to serve the Lord, but it's only seen when you do it. You can say amen and you can, you can be pleased and maybe you can, you can, uh, you can just feel burdened or, or overwhelmed with the need, but there's another thing when the passion is now acting. The first time I went to Nicaragua, I went with a group from the church here and I remember going down the hill, down the, down the mountain from Hinotega to Batagalpa, coffee country. And it was, at, it was seven o'clock at night. It was dark. I saw over the hills, Nicaragua, just all, all the houses lit up. I saw over the houses lit up and recognized, well, it's, you know, it's not just houses. There's people that live in every house. There are souls there. We drove into the town and... And and I I heard a sound that I'd heard many times before in El Salvador. You know, when someone passes away over in in Central America, what they do is they announce it on loudspeaker around the street, around the neighborhood of the person that has deceased, and they announce, you know, so-and-so has died, father of so-and-so, husband of so-and-so, and his occupation, and and they say, and they said, and they say at the end, may he rest with God in peace. I remember thinking that they told me earlier in the day all the way up the mountain, there's no church here. And there's no church here. And there's no church here. When we get to Matagat, more than 200,000 people, there's no church here. And when I heard that, may he rest with God in peace, I knew that he was not with God, and much less in peace. And oh, yes, I can feel burdened, and yes, I can feel that sinking feeling, but that passion, that fervor, to see those people saved led me to Nicaragua. I couldn't just let it go by. Can't be that this place doesn't have a light. Josiah had an activating passion. Your passion for the Lord show. Are you living out your passion for him? I want to see here lastly in verse 30, uh, 33. Verse 33. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And look at this phrase. And all his days, they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Josiah's passion not only changed the decisions and steps of his own life, but it affected a nation for all their days. It affected a whole generation. If you keep reading two chapters onwards, a new king comes in, and that king does what is right in his own eyes, and he takes the nation with him. Josiah's passion for God was a consuming passion. Consumed his life. And it touched and made a difference in the whole nation. There are, there are people who have certain passions that which, and they dedicate their entire lives in fulfillment of that passion. Athletes, doctors, governors, different people who dedicate their whole life, their whole purpose, their focus to that mission. The Christian with a passion for Christ also should commit himself to God and then his mission. And that should consume him. God first. Because as we're hearing all these days, you know, every, every video, every testimony, it can get overwhelming. That need can just, just be too heavy. First, the passion for God. And then his cross. Notice these words that I just read a second ago. All his days. Josiah's passion. Josiah's passion was not a passion of youth. It was not simple, just energy. Because he was young, he was 8, he was 16. Sought after the Lord. It wasn't just energy. It was a sincere desire for God. That consumed all his days. In 1962, a church in Oklahoma City sent a missionary to Santa Lucia, San Salvador. This missionary faithfully preached God's word and planted a church in Santa Lucia, and he reached a man by the name of Alfonso Chacon. And Alfonso Chacón, a business owner, a um, having a large transport business and many men in his employment, he just began to have a burden for those who who were driving for him. And he thought thought of this one man, a man with six children, just living a life that was just very, just disorganized and just vile. This man was a a drunk and a drug addict and a womanizer and and had these six children, but children in other parts as well. And Alfonso Jacón just got a burden for him. Suddenly insisting, he come, to, come to church, come to church. With so much insisting, this man, this man one day just, arrived, he tells his wife, well, we're going to church. He tells his six children, we're going to church. And them as uh, nominal Catholics, they're all surprised. And him and his many vices that they, he would want to go to church. But they went. They went one time and they went the second time and, after the second time, the missionary got this family on, their, on his radar and he started visiting this man. On about the third visit to this man's house, he leads this man to Christ. And then the following week, he leads his wife. And the weeks after, his, his six children. That man in Santa Lucia, San Salvador, was my grandfather. Then, growing up in both Australia and New Zealand, when I was a kid, there was a, a man who received, the, who received the Lord through a missionary in Holland. Then went and retired, supposedly in Australia, and felt, then felt a burden to, to serve the Lord and was called to New Zealand, where I was as an eight-year-old kid. This man faithfully preached... Christ founded the church in Christ Church, New Zealand, where I heard of the Lord, accepted Christ. There are four churches in Nicaragua. We have seen thousands of people saved. There are three churches right now pastored in Argentina by my dad. There are I have three sisters, two of them married to preachers. A month ago, I watched via, via FaceTime the burial of my grandma. She died in El Salvador. And I watched, I saw some of her, br- her brothers and cousins and the family members, and I saw all of them, and I know that each one of them have already accepted Christ as Savior. My children know the Lord. Alfonso Chacon And that missionary's passion affected my life and affected four generations of portillos. And there are thousands in Nicaragua now saved. And many of those people now that maybe supported that missionary to go from Oklahoma City, maybe they're now, they're already in eternity. But they're still reaping a harvest out there. Can I ask you, what is your passion? Because you're going to have a passion for this world and one day we will go to eternity and everything you have done on this world, for this world, will be wood, hay and stubborn, simply burnt up. But if you have a passion for God and for His kingdom, the passion will make a difference here and now And for all eternity, Josiah's passion was a soul passion, a costly passion, shared passion, known passion, active passion, which led to be a consuming passion. It affected all those around him. Will your passion make a difference in this world? If you have a passion for self, it will die with you. But if you seek after the Lord and live with a passion for him, God can and will use you to make a difference here and for all eternity.